Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome. You've got digital folklore. Hello and welcome to another After the Episode discussion where we're going to be talking about Episode 7 of Digital Folklore Season 2. So if you've not listened to Season 2, Episode 7 of Digital Folklore, go back and listen to that now. Otherwise, you'll be hopelessly lost or overly informed. One of the two. Uh, Today, I have with me Mason Amadeus and Matt Bliss, who you've probably heard Matt's voice before if you listen to Season 1 and the ARG episode, or if you've heard some of these episodes where Matt, who does a lot of our editing, jumped in and provided some valuable insight or advice on how you should go to Patreon and support us, or little edits that he may have done. So with that, uh, I've been monopolizing all the time. We'll let everybody's voice be heard so that you can identify. Good morning. Hello. I am Mason Amadeus. I'm here fairly often, so you probably know me. Yeah, I realized that as it was coming out of my mouth. No, that's good. <laughs> yeah. it, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. What about Matt's voice? Matt, Matt is the less familiar voice. Yeah, less familiar. And, and this is an opportunity for me to not sound like I'm trying to shill for digital folklore here, not with, with just a <laughs> Patreon message every now and again. <laughs> yeah, we can get your real uh, authentic input now, now that we have you on this, on this after episode. I actually have questions for you in regards to uh, the editing on the Andrew on Andrew Peck's interview, but we can get to that when we get to the the fun part section. For sure. Okay, Mason, set the stage for us. It is season two, episode seven. Digby is in flux. What is the narrative structure here? Why are we here? Where are we going? What's what what's going on? Yeah, season two, episode seven. If memory serves, uh, which is sort of. I realized partway through that I hope we had enough of you referencing the Mandela effect uh, because it's sort of the point where we realize that Perry is still pretty deep in believing something weird is going on. Digby's out trying to find himself. I'm out trying to find Digby. We had a little cameo from Mark Norman, which I thought was really fun to have uh, Mark show up and just act in an episode. It was great, too. <clears throat> it was. I it loved was really it. Good. I was surprised. And his audio sounded fantastic. Yeah, his audio was awesome. His delivery was great. But no, it, it was... a. Uh, just a fun sort of multi-perspective switching episode where none of us were together. None of the original crew is together in this one, but we all seem to be headed towards the same place. We all And that's are. an old familiar place. And we do need to start the hashtag trend of hashtag kite string. Hashtag kite string is stronger than you think? There we go. Is that, is that what you it's, meant? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's multi-purpose. I don't know where that scene came from, really, uh, aside from just came being from like, I'm not... I'm not in this episode. Where would I check for Digby? I guess Mark's house. What would happen there? So it was, it was fun. You know, I think, w- w- wouldn't we have Digby microchipped? I mean, he was with the vet for like weeks, right? I guess that's that's a good point. And he kind of, he has some sort of an implant and you would imagine that there is some sort of tracking kind of. Yeah, it's like that, a find you? my phone type of thing for Digby. Here's the thing about that, though, is that the moment you start to try and pick apart any kind of logical inconsistency in this show, it entirely falls apart because he's a talking raccoon and nobody mentions that. Like Andrew Peck is like incredulous that Digby <laughs> thinks he's an AI, but has no reaction to Digby being a talking raccoon. He's like, but you're not an AI. That's stupid. You're just a talking <laughs> raccoon like normal. You know what? I never even thought of that. 
it, it's interesting the little um, things that we just let go by whenever we decide to suspend belief. Yeah, it's like whatever is okay and consistent in the universe, you sort of won't question. But that hit me partway through editing. I was like, why is he so weirded out by the AI part of this? <laughs> I did love the little raccoon feet, like the single paced feet as he was walking down the road. Yeah, that was Yeah, that was, was cute. That was fun. I really wanted to I had a very clear mental image. I really want to animate some of our episodes. Like I feel like that would be cool cuz I'm always picturing a cartoon. The artwork that I did for Digby hitchhiking, I had actually created 2 weeks ago. Uh, really? Yeah. And so I think we had very similar pictures in our heads. Yeah, that cuz that was awesome. You posted that into the into the chat channel and you're like, "How's this for episode art?" And I was like, "That looks so good." That's like literally how I was picturing it. His little backpack walking down the side of the road. His backpack isn't the same size as it was in the previous episode though. The <laughs> previous episode artwork, it was like the same <laughs> size as Digby. So somehow Well, I had to leave some stuff behind. Yeah, I think he realized that that's not going to be manageable. Oh, yeah. Um this episode was obviously late if you're listening to this in the order, like <gasps> in the it? current time of when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, very late. It was supposed to be Monday and it came out on Thursday. Technically really, lot. really late Wednesday night for, you know, yeah. if, if you were Pacific time, it was before midnight. That's true. But it was, there was a lot of chaos, a lot of stuff going on in that episode. I think you could be forgiven. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, a lot of moving parts and then like Thanksgiving and then the, the week preceding the drop was, was tricky. There was just a lot happening. So the production of it was tight, but I think it came out good. Yeah, that's the the problem with being a small group of people working on things and you have a production that's this big (laughs) and the the aspirations of what we're trying to go for is that every now and then you just hit the end of your ability to produce the thing that you want within the time that's given. Yeah. And so and that and that was that was tough. But Hopefully that only matters for this week because then the episode exists and people won't know that it was late. Exactly. Yeah. So I maybe shouldn't have said anything. As as someone who's very close to, well, cl- as close as one could be to the production, I, I think the speculation channel in the Discord should be going nuts for this stuff because the actual state of you putting together these episodes is being reflected in the story at the same time. <laughs> that is true. There's a suspension of disbelief, but also a- like a opaque mirror to reality that gets added to to the lore of of digital folklore when you, when this kind of stuff happens. So yeah, that's a good point because we are writing it in. Yeah, and a couple things though. I don't know what the speculation channel is that you're talking about. Right. N- num- number two. I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, but I I, I was just going to let that slide. Like yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I've never seen that channel. <laughs> n- number two. I I really do hope that Digby's okay. I mean. He's not in your studio right now. I'm looking around. He's usually yeah, no, like Digby's. just chomping on some chips in the background. Your noise reduction's really good. We will find we will we will uh we'll find him. I'm pretty sure Digby's okay. Obviously Digby's microchipped, as we were talking about off the air. So like, you know, we know that Digby's okay. No, I'm I mean, I'm thinking about this though. Even if he is microchipped and we've got like the equivalent of find my phone with him, you dropped your phone. You have no access to your phone right now. How are we going to find true. him? That's true. Well, I saw him in the car, so like I can just follow the car. Did you take down a license plate number? No, but I... Uh, you called the cops. Actually, I'm curious. What did you... Did, did you picture the car that Andrew was driving when you listened? I I did. Um, I, I didn't picture necessarily the one that rendered in the AI, but it was close enough. I was picturing, you know, like this old kind of beater car, like a, you know, jalopy type thing. 
I don't even know what a jalopy looks like. I just know it's uh, one of those references when people talk about old beater cars. Uh, I love me a good jalopy. I was picturing him in a a Honda Accord, just like a very (sighs) standard car. And I actually, I think I got sounds for a Honda Accord that are what is running. Oh, I'm sorry. He has, his approach sounds are from a Ford Probe, but a bunch of the other sounds he's for him are from a Honda Accord. Nice. So I was trying to keep that consistent. Yeah, sounded good. But that, you know, that's how we can recognize the car. If it sounds like a, a cross between a Ford Probe and a Honda Accord, that's, I'll just follow that. You know, and the other thing is, though, I don't know a lot about Andrew Peck, but he's apparently a really nice guy that would just slow down, pick up hitchhiking wildlife. And then the other thing is he's got a really good repertoire for music just living in his head. Yeah. So that actually, him, uh, that little... Uh, the tune. Yes, when like when uh, yeah, what is that song? The name of that song is different. It's a um something. Yeah, let me look it up. The is yeah. it just the Pina Colada song? No, it's definitely got a different name. Escape, escape, yeah, it, escape. The Pina Colada song that wasn't in the script. It was just like uh, Andrew hums some sort of indistinct tune, and then when we were doing the interviews, like, wait, can I hum the Pina Colada song? And then he just kept going, and it's edited out. But in the middle, he's he's like, I'm just gonna keep going. Like every time we start a scene, I want to be humming the song. <laughs> And that was so funny, and I was so happy that he did that. Uh, it was it was really good. I think that worked out super good. Andrew's acting was really awesome as well. Yeah, he just threw himself into it, which was was great because I think we gave him the script an hour before or something. Mm-hmm. It was really really short notice, and we're like, oh, and we'd love for you to run these lines, which is probably some of the most extensive line work we've given to anybody so far. Yeah, uh, the most lines for sure out of any any interview guest. And it was totally a shot in the dark because I was like, I don't know how Andrew will feel about this, but I have my I have a high hope that he'll be excited. And then he was and nailed it. So there and were so that was cool. A couple things that came together well for that. Number number one, turns out he was a theater kid. Yep. And so he, he was like, Oh yeah, I, I I can bring that to this. The other is he seems to have had one of the better audio setups for a random guest that we would try to interview. Um, his his audio was fantastic. And um, it's like everything came together perfect for Andrews. Yeah. And for, uh, I, should we mention the bonus? I mean, we, we Andrew is like a throwback to an early episode, right? Yeah, the first episode one. I mean, we mentioned it in the episode yeah. too, which I think was super cool because when we did episode one, it would have felt impossible to like interview Andrew Peck because we were like, we don't know anybody. Uh, exactly. And he was sort of a big name and his research, his piece, uh, Tall, Dark and Loathsome was something we referenced a bunch in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that ending quote was from Andrew Peck. The ending quote was from that. Yeah, because he was talking about all the interviews that he took um, in the months after that. And I remember we released that episode and because we didn't know a lot of people in the folklore community yet, we essentially interviewed podcasters that talked about folklore. And then we had also gotten... Um, Vivian Asimos. Vivian, yeah, Vivian. So we had uh, essentially like uh, Chelsea Weber-Smith, who's a podcaster. We had the folks from Endless Thread who are podcasters. And then we had uh, Kathleen Hale, who was promoting a book at the time that that just worked out. So the publicist was able to get that done. And that was actually through Chelsea, uh, a reference with Chelsea. Yeah, they, they hooked us up. And then we had Vivian Asimus um, was the real folklorist that we had on that episode. Yeah, and Vivian was awesome. And she she was. But being able to get somebody like Andrew was like way out of our bailiwick at that point because we hadn't established any real credibility. But the cool thing that happened is that episode dropped. And within a couple of days, Andrew Peck emailed us 
and said, a colleague heard this, mentioned that I was referenced, and I just wanted to you know, share my appreciation and give you my support and uh, say that you did a great job and all that kind of stuff. And that was like really, really heartening for us, I think, is validating. Yeah, that was so cool. And then to eventually, like way later at this at this stage, have him join on an episode was super took, cool. Yeah, it took forever to get that scheduled <clears throat> between yeah. uh, between our stuff and then uh, he was his his family was expanding and he needed to take a few a uh, few months off from any things like that um, from any you know podcasting or anything else. And so we finally got that scheduled, and it it was uh, I think perfect. And uh, Matt, you cut down Andrew's interview. Andrew had a bit of a uh, uh, propensity for curse words. He did. And um, <laughs> I actually, throughout a few of the episodes, some of the, the listeners would, would know that a couple of words have slipped through the cracks. And so I've got a, a, a process in place now to try and find them through transcription. The way that Andrew weaved the swear words into the episode, <laughs> the, the transcription still picked up the words, even though they were bleeped. So I don't, I don't, oh, fun. Yeah. he's proficient. Yeah. So I don't know if like contextually how he blends them together in terms of AI data sets and he's trained planet earth to know when he's going to swear. I don't know. <laughs> right. I wonder if there's a, if training data for, um, machine learning based transcription things has included, uh, stuff that was bleeped. And so it thinks that these words can be pronounced either fully or can be the first parts pronounced. <laughs> then there's a beep in the middle and then the last part. And it's the same word. Probably so. I wonder if that's, you know more about AI and training than I do, Perry. Is that f at all feasible? I have no idea. I'm not going to claim any knowledge. Um, okay. But there is a, there's this cool study on linguistics that Cambridge University did a while back. If you have the first letter and the last letter of the word, um, the middle letters can be complete gibberish. And you still mm. can read it like fluently without any issues. And so I'm wondering if there's the AI equivalent of that. The first letter and last letter are intact so that you give context for people that want to hear that. Um, but then the middle is bleeped out. But then the AI goes, oh, I know what that is. Right. And fills that in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that all those context clues probably really make a big difference. I mean, the other thing is, is that if anybody knows how to hack that system, that would be Andrew because he is in the communications department for the university that he speaks at. That's so he's true. a folklorist that specializes in media and communication. So he would definitely know how to slip that stuff in. Yeah, he can communicate a swear through straight through our censorship. But it was really interesting to hear his perspective as a journalist, the, the idea that he's not a huge fan of the way that AI has traveled in mm -hmm. you know, the way things have gone and how the Mandela effect itself, which is kind of being leaned into as a, as a topic in, in more recent episodes with you guys, that uh, he's not a huge fan. Yeah, we had no idea that he would have that perspective on the Mandela effect. We, we assumed that he was going to come at it from a traditional folklore perspective and talk about some of the interesting meanings that come with that. And it's like, no, he's, he's coming at that from a, a journalistic and you know, truth-telling perspective. He's like, no, that's a cop-out. It's an excuse for people to say what they think is actually wrong is actually just a, an alternate view. <laughs> yes. I, I really liked that. I thought that was, instantly I was compelled. He had such passion. What he, what he just did, it. he leaned into it so hard. Yeah. And then that interview, we replaced all of the questions with Digby questions, which I don't think I communicated that to you when you were doing the cut down, Matt. No, no. But uh, 
I, I figured someone was going to be in there doing it. And if Digby's getting in a car and uh, not letting you know where he is, I should have inferred at least that you know <laughs> Digby would be doing it. But uh, it worked out in the end. I think I tried to tee it up to make it as simple as possible to just drop those lines in. It was. It was. It was really easy to 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 replace those. I say really easy. It was like tedious and tricky because like getting someone to voice act Perry and Mai's unplanned questions and then also like rephrasing them and stuff. That was that was a process. But you did make it really easy. Your edit uh, made it so much easier to do that. Yeah, but it was so compelling. Yeah. And we have that whole unplug, uh, which I'm not going to go through and replace all of those. No. <laughs> no. In the unplug. Yeah. That'll just be the OG audio. It will be. Um, and the the other thing is that uh, people on our Discord did make the comment that Digby's an incre- incredibly skilled interviewer for a raccoon. Yeah, I, I feel like he's like about as good as two people who are medium okay at it put together. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I know. I thought that that was a that was a funny comment to see in the Discord. Digby's a pretty good interviewer. It made me happy. That makes me feel better about about our interviewing style. Yeah, it should make Digby happy too. Yeah, I'll have to make sure that I uh, pass that on so that he knows. Digby, come back to the show. Right, you're a valuable contributor. Yeah, and Andrea Kita's interview was awesome too. That that one went so many different places. We recorded that right after season one ended. And like uh, like I said in the main episode. We're really looking forward to releasing the unplugged version of that because it did go in so many different places, and she's such a, a wealth of knowledge in this space. Yeah, and I really like the way that the way she explains things. Like it, um, actually, as I was playing it out loud, uh, Brooke was like, "Who is that person?" Uh, and I was talking about Andrea, and Brooke was like, "She sounds like a really good teacher." And and I Aww. agree that like I feel like Andrea's the way that she puts together her answers like really helped a lot of things click when we were doing that interview for me. Um, the unplugged is is going to be super great. Yeah, we even said in the full interview, like at the very end, is like um, we commented on the fact that she has such a a good and succinct way of answering some of those questions. She's really learned how to like soundbite a lot of that stuff and complete a thought, which is. Which a really good skill. Yeah. Completing a thought is a skill I'm still working on fully. One, one of the things that resonated with me after editing it is that it, it didn't make it into the episode. It'll be in the unplugged that the way that she approaches understanding folklore, like she buries herself in it to the point where sometimes people don't like the way that she approaches it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that thought that was interesting. She gets people are mad at her on both sides. Yeah in a position of apathy or of participation both of those meant that she was making enemies but it was all in with the goal in the of pursuit folklore. of figuring out what it all means right mm-hmm. yeah that's it yeah i thought that i forgot about that because i haven't i haven't listened to the unplugged edit and we did it it was so long ago i forgot about that because there's that there's a whole section where she talked about um i think it was when we brought up the uh, interventionist versus non-interventionist thing right mm-hmm. yeah because that's sort of a debate that was going on yeah anyway that'll be in the unplugged and uh people you you who are listening will like that Hey listeners, if you're like me and enjoy escaping to a real movie theater, then Regal Unlimited just makes sense. It's the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass that pays for itself in just two visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime with no blackout dates or restrictions. And your membership lets you get into premium format shows like IMAX and 4DX at a reduced cost. Plus, you'll save 10% on all non-alcoholic concessions. Regal Unlimited. 
It's the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass that pays for itself in just two visits. So, if you're planning on seeing a couple movies this month, join Regal Unlimited. Now is the best time as summer's coming up. Sign up now in the Regal app or on the website at regmovies.com unlimited. And be sure to use the code FOLKLORE24 to get 10% off a three-month subscription. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey ya, Mason here, and I don't think I've mentioned it on the show before, but I have two cats, two big old boys named Chester and Cinders, and I love them both very much. But I didn't grow up with cats, and I've never suffered from general allergies like pollen, so it took me an embarrassingly long time to realize that I was allergic to them. No joke, when I started working from home, I would say things like, wow, I feel like I'm losing my voice every day, or isn't it weird, I can't breathe through my nose for some reason. Ultimately, it was my partner who said, that really sounds like allergies. Allergies, and long story short, now I take a Claritin every day. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claret and Clear. Use as directed. Fun facts. I think we've already mentioned a couple fun facts, though, right? There's been, yeah, there's been a lot of fun facts. Oh, here's a fun fact. We have an Andrew and an Andrea. So that almost yeah. sounds very planned as well. We have uh, derivatives of the same name contributing to the same narrative, all in pursuit of a final goal. Alphabetical order, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I- <laughs> I just had to puzzle through that in my head. I was like, A, A, N, N. Okay. And it took me till to realize the last letter. It's just the last letter. Yeah, we did. We had them in alphabetical order. Hmm. Andrea and Andrew. And then Kita and Peck. I should be able to know the alphabet so much faster than I do. <laughs> do you I'm have 29 to, years old. Do you have to sing the alphabet song in your head? I, yeah, I had, I had to start with K and I was like, L-M-N-O. Oh. Maybe the fun <laughs> fact. For me, introducing to the audience is that I have a I have a propensity to drill down on small details that make people uncomfortable. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you have the you've got the Sherlock brain going on because of your exposure to ARGs, where yes. you're like, oh, okay, this this packaging has two corners folded over. That means something. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's a it's a burden in life when you're always looking for the most obscure part of a thing, and it informs nothing but creates a conversation for half an hour. <laughs> Well, that's probably a good thing, though, because then you're noticing more things, in, more interesting things in your day-to-day life. But then people realize that they don't know the alphabet in order anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're just peeling apart the fabric of my very carefully constructed delusion I'm living within. That's okay. But something in all seriousness for this episode I think is interesting is that the contributing interviews, like I, I can still listen to an episode and enjoy it, even though I've edited the majority of the content that goes into it usually for the interview stuff yeah uh, it's it always impresses me the amount of sound design and stuff like this isn't a fun fact this is just me talking about how cool you guys are but like the the sound design that goes into this show is ridiculous and you know the the fact that the the quality ramped up for this episode when digby was away uh i don't know what that means <laughs> <laughs> perhaps digby's not actually all that helpful or maybe there was just less tape consumed 
in in his absence. Yeah. But yeah, it's just yeah. The thing is, whenever he puts together a good sound design sequence, he eats it. So it's like, oh, we get the worst. He's very good. He's like, this is amazing. I have to consume it now. Right. Delicious. Yeah, it's it's funny because like I have an inverse experience where I will I will listen to it after the fact and and be like, this interview is actually really interesting now that I'm not only listening for like sound quality and mix and stuff. Yeah. And that's a really interesting part of if anyone is curious about editing audio, it sounds simple to just cover everything, but there's a bit of your brain that switches on and the rest just switch off when you <laughs> when you edit anything for podcasts. So imagining that you can cut together a story and a narrative and remember what you edited 10 minutes ago and make sure it sounds excellent and make sure that you've got a record for yourself for three weeks mm -hmm. down the track so that you will remember what you did. Trying to do all those at once is just such a, such a huge burden. You just can't do it. Yeah. And so, keeping the context in your mind of the interview as you're cutting things out of it and making sure you're keeping things that are included and yeah. The editing down an interview, the part that you have been doing for the past five, six episodes is the part that is the hardest for me, I think. Yeah. I think that's the thing, though, because we, we touched on this like when we were talking about how we edit some of the unplugged episodes and other things and just being intentional about what we're shoving into somebody's ear. We're, we are very authentic in how we do like an unplugged episode um, because we're getting all the context there. We're giving the listener... Um, not we're we're not overwhelming with jumble and things like that. For me, being authentic is being true to the content, and then not giving gibberish or uh, to the listener or wasting their time in some way. So if there's a fifteen yeah. minute conversation like we're prone to have, where we just go off in in some weird direction, maybe that's interesting to a listener, but maybe it's not. And if I start to think, well, that's not that that kills the point that we're trying to make, then. You know, maybe cut that out or give that as a bonus episode or something else. I think there, yeah, I think there's very few times where you can just not edit something, particularly a discussion. That's all, we, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't go down this path because I could, I, we could be derailed forever on this. But let's let's just say there will be places in future where we will be able to talk about this stuff and truly expand it. Yeah, right. There will be. Well, and there we can. Be. I think we could mention that here right because we're going to spin up my podcast journey yes uh which is a show about podcasting but not like uh here's how to do podcasting it's just like here's what we're trying and what we're seeing and what other people we talk to are seeing and trying yeah where, where the lecturers without chairs swung backwards sitting on them in front of you telling you how it is yeah but without any of the youth pastor energy that my brain immediately <laughs> assigns to that <laughs> i just thought of the simpsons oh, okay that yeah see that's better opal the Opal Crusade or whatever that silly skit was. Um, but bringing it back to digital folklore, I think everything we've just talked about is epitomized by the fact that you have a you have a van that records podcast interviews for you, but that you are also represented on the show editing the content that appears there. Mm. You can have <laughs> both those yeah. things. Yeah. And then also somehow Mason's house is wired to record. Because I don't know how we're or it's not that, or it's not. Maybe reality is Well, recording. and then there's a lot of questions that are a little bit loose and that I don't really expect anyone to be paying attention to. But like the fact that when the phone fell into the moat around Mark's house, why did we follow the phone's perspective? Is that what's picking up the audio? Are we, is, are we being spied on by our phones? Is that what's recording us? That was a little detail that I was hoping someone might say in the... Ooh, full circle to Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, full circle all the way back to Mark Zuckerberg. Them baby teeth. Yeah. That's what it all comes baby back to. Baby teeth revenge. Sweet baby rays. 
Yes. Sweet baby Ray. Revenge of the Zuck. So I think we've smelled the mouth enough. We should probably yes. move to our um, <laughs> listener shout-outs. All right. Listener shout-outs. I've got a couple that I pulled up. Um, we already mentioned some of the discussion on Discord, uh, so I think we're good there. But there were a couple things that came in in the Q&A on Spotify. Um, so if you're a Spotify listener, you probably know this, but... You can answer questions. Uh, We just use the generic question, which is basically, what did you think about this episode? We may refine those questions in the future or add polls or something like that. But right now, this is doing the trick for us. And um, we got like four over the past uh, couple weeks. And so I want to read those real quick. This first one is from Aaron. And Aaron was commenting on the Unplugged for Dr. Christina Downs. And Aaron says, it's not that I don't enjoy the regular episodes, but I do love an Unplugged. Dr. Downs is a fascinating guest, and I 100% want to buy her book. I think that's good. Christina Downs is awesome. And I'm very glad. Um, Apparently, Christina Downs is also going to start doing the Crime Lore podcast again. So (gasps) fingers crossed um, that becomes a thing. How did you hear about that? I didn't hear that. I think I saw it on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it these days. Oh, I don't use that site anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's that makes uh, sense. hellscape at this point. Potentially even worse now that Elon Musk did that weird New York, uh, New York Times interview the other day where he told all advertisers to F themselves. Oh, did that? I didn't even, I have not caught wind of that. I've been delightfully ignorant because I've decided that I just don't use it. You need to find that clip. So bad. He's soapboxed with the idea that the rest of planet Earth will know why Twitter crashed if <laughs> if it and fails. And it'll be because advertisers are blackmailing him. Right, that's it. By not giving him money. <laughs> so, so essentially, yeah, Twitter is owed money by companies around the world because of what Twitter is. And it's not that advertisers should be able to put their money where they want to into the platforms that they want to to advertise their goods and services. It's it's because they hate Elon Musk specifically, right? For no reason. Right. That's what it is. It's yeah. just, yeah, he's poor, poor, poor guy. So persecuted. I feel so bad for him. Little that baby was man. a that was a disturbing interview to watch. Um, and I I used to really have a lot of respect for Elon, and I I think that some of the companies that he has headed, and a lot of the employees that are there mm-hmm. um, are doing really really good work. So I don't want to. Um, Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to say bad things about a company or the employee base because the the head or the figurehead has gone off the rails a few times. Uh, there's some really good yeah. work being done by Tesla and SpaceX and the Boring Company and, um, and, and X from the people that are really dedicated to making that platform good. But there's also been a lot of things that are disturbing to watch with, with Elon. Yeah, it's point. the... There's- a lot of people doing important and really cool and groundbreaking work in the in the spaces that this guy got this guy heads. Yeah. Um, and it's not their fault that he's though he is the way he is. But yeah. yeah. And and sometimes you decide to work at a place despite some of the leadership because you believe in the mission or the possibilities of whatever that company is doing. I uh, recently went to a wedding of uh, one of my friends who worked at SpaceX for a long time mm. and uh, did some really cool stuff there, sending things into into orbit, building uh, b- building satellites and parts out of uh, stuff off the shelf from like Home Depot and sending it up to space so for cool. different things. It's really cool. Uh, right. SpaceX is doing cool stuff. Anyway, yeah, I got three more uh, uh, three more Spotify comments to read. Um, one is from Camden, 
and just says, love the scary episodes. This was in response to uh, an after the episode discussion that we had for the last one, where we had asked people like what they want to hear more of. And if we're going to produce more stuff, what would it be? And we talked about doing like some deep dive uh, episodes into certain things like case studies. And uh, Camden apparently loves the scary episodes and would like for us to lean into some of that as well. Mm, I have an idea for something like that that I want to run by. Well, I'll do it. because All right, we're back. That sounds like a great idea. Okay, cool. Uh, all right. So then Alfredo Frog says, <laughs> I love screen names. Um, Me too. Says, love the after episodes, keen for more case studies too, and more of everything, really. Seeing a new digital folklore in my feed is always the highlight of my day. Awesome. That makes me really happy to hear that. It does. Also, Alfredo Frog is a great, is a great screen name. It is. I'm, I'm thinking about like Alfredo sauce with frogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking of a frog that's Alfredo colored and that's just cute. Mm, I should is. ask as an Australian potentially, are you too familiar with the Fredo frog? No, I'm wait, not. is this an, is this an Australian animal? I wasn't. No, it's not an animal. It's a product. It's a. It's a chocolate Cadbury product, Freddo Frog. It's um oh. just a, a oh. frog shaped chocolate, essentially. <laughs> oh, I I've I've pulled up pictures like the chocolate frogs from Harry Potter. So that that tells me that it doesn't exist there. It means that you guys wouldn't know about the caramello koala either, right? <laughs> no, no. Is is Australia particularly trying to make animals into chocolate because all of the animals are trying to kill you down there? I think it's a memory thing. Some of our animals are going extinct. Which you guys oh. know, the Tasmanian tiger. Yeah. Yeah, the Tasmanian tiger. I didn't know koalas aren't in danger, are they? They were in the bushfires a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. Half their population got cut out. But, uh, wow. Holy smokes. My argument falls through when you realize the caramello koala has existed for probably about 35 years. So, <laughs> <laughs> in any case. So, the way that you want to remember extinct animals is by eating them. Wait, isn't that the way you want to remember all animals? Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> That's how you define humanity, isn't it? We are a, a species uh, of consumption. Yeah. I'm so sorry that that thing died out. Let me eat it again. Let me, mem- right. let me resurrect it, memorialize it, and and then eat it. I want, yeah. I, at my funeral, I want someone to make a chocolate effigy of me, and I want the guests to eat it. I That's want how to, I want to be remembered. <laughs> I want to Michael Crichton Jurassic Park DNA extract stuff out of a dinosaur <laughs> fossil so that I can grow that in a lab and then turn it into meat that I eat. There you oh, go. wow. That's, that's what I would love. Have some impossible perry. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how well that works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. And then we had a comment from Veruca Gash that says, I like the after shows too. Also, I would love case studies, especially one on AI cryptids like Globe. Mm, Hmm. That's a fun idea. I would like to do that. It'd be cool to just focus down on a short amount of time on one specific thing like Globe and just pick a couple aspects to explore specifically about folklore, tell sort of what it is. I think that's like a folklore curious, right? That, That would be a good... I think so, yeah. Um, okay. So that's it for Spotify comments. We did not get any other new reviews on Apple podcasts. On that note, what to look yeah. for in the next episode, we're going to do a recap episode. Well, there's the unplugs, right? Well, we'll have an unplugged drop and then a recap episode of, uh, the story so far where we're at, what's, what's led us to where we are sort of, um, trying to make it make sense for everybody and for anyone who might be like a little uncaught up or whatever, just here's all the big beats. This is what's happened. This is the, the moving forward. It's kind of a, the ideas 
Is that is that about right, Perry? Is that what you're thinking too? Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. So <clears throat> for for listeners, we did talk about the current episode coming out a little bit late. So there's a dual purpose there. One is to get us a little bit of production time back in our schedule. And then the other one is we know that when somebody comes across the show that they may not want to go all the way back to episode one uh, and try to catch up, that they want to just pick and choose where they are or start with the current episode and move from there. And so we do want to give a really good recap episode. And with that recap episode, replay some of the pivotal uh, plot points that are there and some of the fun points. And then just Mason and I talk about what the heck we were thinking when we put those together, because some of that was pure reaction and having to have a script at a certain time. And some other other parts were very, very intentional. And some other parts are things that we want to remind you of because they may have a payoff later. Right. And there's some things that were complete accidents that fully shaped the identity of the show that'll be fun to reveal as complete accidents. Exactly. Like Digby's existence at all. But we'll talk about that later. We mentioned that a little bit in the Folkwise episode that we did. Uh, the we fact did. that, yeah, Digby was just an interesting happenstance. Yeah. We'll save that full story for the the story so far episode, but we should, we should retell it because I like it a lot. I feel really really privileged to have been able to meet Todd before he got big. Yeah, right. Yeah. Back before Todd was a, <laughs> a much, much bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like such a long time ago uh, now. Arguably, Todd Todd may have peaked in the 80s. <laughs> we don't really know this. Better go back and check out that pawn shop there. I know, right? It does sound pretty cool, but I, I hate pawn shops. So a couple interesting facts that came out of our Spotify recap which I guess is why Spotify does these, so that people talk about it and drive people to Spotify. Um, we were streamed in 62 different countries, which is cool. That's more than I can name. U.S. is our top com- country, which is no surprise. Um, top five countries were U.S., Australia, U.K., Canada, and New Zealand. Solid. Spotify yeah. knows about my bot farm. Damn. They do. <laughs> okay. I, th- I think we've gone long enough with this one. Um, I know we all have work to do to get ready for the next episodes that we're working on. And other people have other podcasts in their queues that are, are waiting for them to be listened to. So thanks so much for everybody listening. Thank you to everybody out there giving comments and reviews and on Patreon. And we will see you on the next one. I don't even know what the right terminology is to use there, but we'll we'll be in your ears again. It's just like the nature of the narrative of this show. We can't really pick that apart. We're just, we will see you soon. Yes. That, that, I think we should just go with that. And we don't have to worry about what that means, but we'll see you soon. We part in peace. Yes, we part, we part in peace and we will return. Enjoy the next thing that plays out of the device that is playing this now. Thank you. Love you, Digby. I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. And this is Digital Folklore. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I 
wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.